0: The date today is November 3rd, 2075. I'm entering into a facility that houses the oldest members of our society. These places used to be called retirement homes, but, but now since people typically retire around 30 years old, today's retirees wouldn't want to live in a place like this. Each room has what looks like antique beds, uh, a hospital bed. I remember seeing old pictures of hospitals when I was a kid. Those, those were buildings where people went to go when they were sick in the hopes of being cured. Nowadays, we know it's much easier than that, but um, that's how they did it back in the day. I have an interview today with one Philip Rivera, who turned 118 this year. He's been living this facility for the past 50 some years. Remarkably, he's still pretty lucid with his memories, and we thought we'd capture a few of those here today. There were some old recordings recovered from a house remodel in the area that was once called Castor Valley, and we tracked them back to Philip as being one of the speakers. So we did some research on this guy and found out that he grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area in the 1970s. And since we're celebrating 100 years since 1975, we thought we'd do an interview with this guy and hear about what it was like growing up over a hundred years ago. Philip, take us back to the early 1970s and tell us what it was like in, say, junior high. T- tell us what life was like.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> you couldn't get away with that now because they call it middle school. <laughs> it was a junior high then, but... Um, yeah, and, and uh, well, yeah, and I remember, I, I I do, I have quite a lucid memory about, uh, because we we moved, uh, from our home, uh, into Hayward, and I don't know if it's still called Hayward, but it was uh, it was during the Christmas break, and uh, uh, I started my new school halfway through the school year, right in the middle, come back in January, and all of a sudden I'm I'm the new new kid. Oh boy. (laughs) Hard to think of now, but (laughs) so yeah, so, but uh, yeah, I do, do, uh, do remember coming in and, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I ended up making some of these tapes of when I was a kid, you know, I just thought, well, you know, it'd be nice to remember some of these little things and so forth and so on. So, you know, I had my recorder down there in the basement and you know sit down and make get some old memories and you know keep them keep them current so that's where I got you know I can I can turn them on and have you listen to them and kind of go over them with you
0: All right, so let's uh, let's get to talking here. You know, we put this off for quite some time. So, uh... junior high. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, uh, I I changed my name from Philip to Phil, so that was a biggie. That was a big step. So, family
0: called you Philip.
1: Yes, and uh, all my teachers and everybody, I was always Philip when I was in trouble. So I wanted to change it to Phil thinking that might start a whole new direction in my life. And did it, did it work? Uh, you know, not really. I, I, I went, uh, I went to the first dance and I thought, well, you know, this is, uh, this is a way to kind of meet people and, and make some friends and, you know, maybe shake it up a little bit out on the dance floor and, and kind of show people what I was all about. And, um, yeah. So, uh, when I uh, when I went to the dance though uh, I didn't I barely got in the door before this uh, guy we'll call him David Manchild. He had, uh, he had been held back about five times, so he was probably about
0: 18, while the rest of us were about 10 or 12. Big fella. Big. For, he had that facial hair when he was uh, That's right. uh, like 11. Right. No, he was past the pimple stages and had,
1: had the facial hair and the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the switchblade in the back pocket. But uh, yeah, he just took an instant dislike to me and um, decided he was going to take off his belt. And start whipping me with it in the middle of the dance. Floor. So, Seriously? So yeah, no, he did. And then, uh, then when I tried to kind of swing around with one of my moves to to dance, you know, facing the other way, he went around behind me again. Then used it as a garrote. <laughs> right? He put
0: it put it around my neck and tried <laughs> to choke me to death. So, so hang on one second. We gotta we gotta go back here. Most people don't just just hate somebody for the way they look is it possible you might have said something to him well
1: i hadn't i had never seen him before it was impossible i didn't even have any classes with him although he said i was giving him dirty looks in my algebra class Mm. But if anybody knew me, they'd know I wasn't in algebra yet. <laughs> so, so there was, there was no way it was me. But but and you know I don't maybe he was had uh, smoked a little bit of that cannabis or something. But before the dance, but he just uh, he had this image of me. Uh, you know I. I tried to tell him I've only been been here at the school two days, so I don't think it was me. But uh no, I didn't get any words really out of my mouth because of the garrot thing and I was yeah. trying to struggling for air. That and, tends to take right. a toll on the You nose. know you get that little hyphoid bone or whatever it's called <laughs> in your neck. <laughs> so I was afraid mine was gonna break and I was gonna swallow it. <laughs> But uh, you know, so I kind of I kind of uh, broke away at one point and uh, ran into the bathroom. And I wasn't really sure what what my, the purpose of that was because it was a dead end. There's really no escape once you're in the bathroom. So
0: yeah, didn't really think that through since the little tiny windows are
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, there was one other guy in there though. Mm, yeah, really, yeah, um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, if you know, if you remember it, I think I do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you were in there, right? And uh, that was back when you had hair and you were, you were <laughs> combing, uh, combing your
0: hair in I front was, of me. I was trying to give it a, all the opportunity to live for the rest of my life, hoping it would thrive for it years. Thrives, yeah, growing so, hair. Well, meanwhile, I was just, I was just trying
1: to pull that, you know, the, the hair that had been scraped off when, during the, rope the rope burn of the garage of the belt but um uh so yeah so I came running in and I thought finally you know friendly face and I said uh hey listen I I know you don't know me I'm new at the school but I I really need your help there's a guy out there trying to kill me and you asked me who is it and I said well that's This guy named David, and he's big as a house. You know, you said I know who he is. Mm -hmm. You said because I'd been there a year already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were, you were, you know, in the know a little bit on who was who. In the know, and uh, and you knew enough to say you're on your own, pal. (laughs) (laughs) So that was
0: that was my first uh, first meeting with with you. Yep. Yep. That I I can't dispute any of that. That's pretty much how it happened. That's yeah. And it seemed like uh, later on, must have been early in high school. We were in the on the track team together, right? And in track, we did. Uh, uh, I was doing the pole vault. You were, I think, running long distance, maybe hurdles or something. I actually think that uh, the coach actually put me into high hurdles uh, just without my permission or even asking. So I was in pole vault and the high hurdles, and then when the, they announced my name to come to the high hurdles, I'm like, I'm just not going to go because I can't even get over one of those things. I mean, I stood, I was small. I stood next to him, and it came up to my shoulder. Right. I would kill myself trying Maybe to go over it. Maybe he thought you were going to bring your poles to yeah. you get yeah. over yeah. <laughs> <The> <laughs> hurdles. Would, That would have taken a little while. But here we are sitting there watching, um, watching the track and uh, getting used to that. And and that was my first foray into taking a school bus trip. Because remember, I came from a Catholic school where we did nothing right. as uh, going out for any kind of special event. So this is the first time I got on a bus mm-hmm. and the first time that we went to another school. I think my memory serves, we were going down to Sunset High School, which was uh, another town away. And a little bit of a rough area, but didn't really matter. We were taking our bus. We got out of school early, got out at like, I don't know, two or two o'clock or so, and got to go uh, get out of your classes if you were in a sport. And uh, we got driven down to to track. And I recall that in the track, in the track bus, there was lots of different people. There was not only all the athletes that all sat in their own little cliques together. You know, the sprinters would sit with the sprinters and and people like you and me really had no affiliation <laughs> had as no of yet. No click. Yeah, we had so no click. Speak. Nothing clicked. And you lean over to me and you say, Hey, hey. I'm thinking, is he talking to me?
1: That's a, that's a yeah. guy from junior high. Yeah, remember
0: me? Yeah. I was a g-
1: got my ass kicked in the uh,
0: bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> right outside the bathroom <laughs> yeah. door uh, while I was combing my hair. And he said, uh, You said to me, Hey, I think that girl likes me. Yeah. I'm like,
1: uh. <laughs> she, she was a statistician.
0: I remember she was sitting right in front of us. Which is weird in its own place that, that somebody would actually, first of all, we hardly had anybody go to track meets to watch because it was more like, it was your dad who went, obviously. My, my dad went. And then I would. I think it was about it. <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to say, I would try to get my folks to, to come and I would, uh you know, honestly, they, you know, six kids, you're not going to get a chance to go to all those track meets. And when you think back, it's probably pretty boring as shit to watch track meet. So unless you're my dad, yeah, unless you're your dad. And then of course you see this, uh, uh, so this kid must've, this girl must've signed up to be the statistician, which is Amusing to think about it. That yeah, why? Well, I mean, it's not like who football kept the, or who
1: kept the stats. <laughs> <laughs> Other than my dad, <laughs> he, yeah. he, he, he could have served that role. He could tell you all of them, probably. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So, well, I, you know, I, I was still trying to find friends, and that included girlfriends. So, you know, this young girl sitting in front of us, and I just, uh, I thought maybe you could give me some insight. Hey, do you think you know? Think I got a chance? You know? Do you think she likes me?
0: And so after after however many years that we've been friends, you've realized that that's not necessarily my wheelhouse to to be able to ascertain that kind of information. That and the fact that that you were after that incident, you were oh for two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was sorry. Can't help you. Yeah, can't <laughs> help you. But you know not to be you know turned down i kept coming back for for advice at least one more time i'm sure
0: oh man
1: after three strikes i think i just figured all right i'm not asking your advice it's the
0: only guy that's actually said hi to me so yeah that's well
1: no there was norman craney
0: was norman craney one of the guys that you well he was
1: the first you know how how when you're first at a place and and nobody knows you Mm -hmm. usually the person who comes to to greet you that's as a red flag. Is another person who nobody, <laughs> nobody likes. And then when I saw the garot burns on his neck, <laughs> I realized we were all we were, that was my click then. The, yeah. Me and me and Norman.
0: People get their ass kicked. Yeah, we're... that
1: was that was a heck of a click to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, then I was going to change my name again, but it was
0: right. People, it's too late. So speaking of of ass kicks, you know. Back in when we were in junior high, I remember going to gym class, and uh, the teacher was Emerson Green, this tall gentleman who was, uh, you know, basically had to get all of these teenage boys together to do athletics. Right. And in those days, it was required that you actually ran a certain amount and did pull-ups and different things like that. And so he was... He was a little bit more involved than at least today however people would be involved in track i know that people don't even have to be in a in a gym class anymore but in those cases yeah. we were in gym class and we did wrestling and we did all the different types of sports all year long but the way class always started is we were unless it was raining we were outside on the uh, on the asphalt lined up mm-hmm. And Emerson Green kind of assembled all the kids, all the boys, and said, uh came out to us and said, uh, you know, we have a problem this morning.
1: But you got to say it with Emerson's Midwest twang. <laughs> I remember he was big into deep knee bends, too, but that's what I remember about him. But also his voice, it was, it was like, okay, now line up here, boys, <laughs> because right. we got us a problem. We
0: got us a problem. <laughs> he says... Now, it turns out that we had somebody smear human manure on the mirrors inside the boys' locker room. And we're all like, holy crap, that, that's, that's some nasty stuff. <laughs> and uh, then Emerson went on to say, you know, we thought, man, whoever, whoever did that's going to get going to get killed, right? They're going to get their ass kicked. Oh
1: yeah, they'll be expelled out of the school or something.
0: And Emerson probably read that at us because he looks out and he says just just so you know if uh, when we find who did this we're not going to scold you.
1: We don't want to hurt you now. <laughs> Keep in mind we don't want <laughs> to hurt you. We're going to try to help We you. want you. He- we want to help you. <laughs> help this twisted person
0: but, and yeah. that twisted person lived about four doors away from me we found out later oh they you, you didn't we, know
1: until later that it was yeah a, we didn't know in advance how did they uh
0: how did they pin it on him <laughs> i don't know maybe it was a dna sample <laughs> yeah. or something but,
1: or, or could have been he signed his name with it was we were it wasn't real scholastic <laughs> achieving school a as big I remember. Shit drawing wesley <laughs> was here yeah. yeah yeah wesley
0: yeah but uh no that was That was a memory that was burned into my psyche of being in public school because I came from Catholic school, so public school was all weird. So you didn't have
1: that problem at the Catholic schools. (laughs) (laughs) Sister Sister Mary Betrill come up in front.
0: Now we got some human manure. (laughs) We got some human manure here on the Uh, yeah yeah. There was no boys' locker room. I mean, just having a locker room and and all the stuff that goes along with that was all all brand new. Yeah, and. I remember i had to get a um, physical to play any sports mm-hmm. you know so that was another thing yeah. that was one of those things where you had to go to the doctor and at those days i mean after being a kid and going to the doctor when you were you know probably for inoculations yeah never went to the doctor you know it wasn't something yeah. that we did you, know, you had a fever you got taken care of at home seldom and i didn't break any bones so i never had to go get anything set
1: so you were just sitting there for the turn your head and cough check <laughs>
0: <laughs> turn, yeah, turn your head and cough. Okay, you passed. All right, that's good for a twelve-year-old.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I also wanted to, um, you know, in the in the vein of meeting people, I joined the ski club. I don't remember if you remember the teacher's name, Mister Potmasil. Oh, Potmasil. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was the head of the, the ski club. So I joined the, the ski club but I didn't have I didn't know anything about skiing and I didn't have any equipment. So I borrowed all my equipment from my cousin who had travelled through Europe and was an excellent skier and then had his jacket with all the the tags from all the ski slopes that he'd skied from Switzerland to the Netherlands and
0: So please Germany. tell me you wore his jacket. Of course I did.
1: Proudly. <laughs> I thought if this doesn't get me some friends. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or the, the David Manchild was gonna finish the job. But luckily he wasn't on the ski ski club. But a lot of the girls uh were really impressed by that and they all sat next to me and some of the guys, you know, came around and asked, you know, so I So it worked. Well it worked and I didn't want to uh to tell him no, it's you know, I borrowed this from my cousin along with the shoes and boots and pants. Right. And so um what I didn't realize was the long term was that they all wanted to see me ski.
0: So didn't think that through. Did no, you?
1: didn't think it through. So when we got off the bus at the ski slopes, everybody's lined up to watch Phil, formerly Philip, come down the slopes, and so um, it's kind of like go big or go home. I started picking up, <laughs> picking up speed and I didn't, I didn't know how to turn. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, uh, uh, by the time, uh, by the time I realized that I was going about 90 miles an hour in a straight line, um, it was too late. I just, I just wiped out all over the slopes. Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, uh probably lost all those tags that my cousin <laughs> saved from Europe. <laughs> All yeah, his keepsakes. They, they, they look littered. like confetti all the way down the slopes. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was uh, almost,
0: you know, made some friends, but not quite. So how did that work? They they took you guys up as a group, and what, do you rent a cabin, and everybody stayed in the cabin? Oh, or? no. No, it was up at 3.30 uh,
1: in the morning, meet down at the school at 4, mm-hmm. drive for two and a half hours, and then Ski. ski all day, which uh, after that one wipeout, I didn't ski, and then so I just you know huddled around the, you know trying to stay warm somewhere, and then uh, drive back. Oh, same was it day, all, all up the and same back, day. Same, day. same day. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they uh, uh, and you didn't even have a chance to even maybe recover by being clever that evening around the campfire or anything. Oh, no, realize. no. I just
1: spent the rest of the day you know maybe on the bunny slope or something. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, so I wasn't, um, I wasn't giving up though. So I, I did go out for re- the wrestling team. Mm. And I um, didn't know anything about wrestling other than what I'd seen on, you know, the pro, f- pro wrestling on TV. Okay. And uh, so when I, um, they, they only had one tournament. It was just one day tournament. So I got, a, I thought, well, I got to find out, get my, my costume. Mm-hmm. thinking that i didn't know it was different there was a difference <laughs> different kind of wrestling oh so they didn't assign you any kind of uh outfit no no okay no so i i was kind of on my own and uh uh borrowed my sister's um tights which were red <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh, I tried to find something that would match. So I think I look like a little red, you know, tamale or something when I nice. uh, red chili pepper. And uh, then I went out there and uh, uh, got pinned in about ten seconds. No, yeah. so that was uh, didn't really make any friends. Didn't get to know anybody. Uh, got a couple laughs for my my little outfit. And um, yeah, moved on to high school the next next six months after that
0: so in junior high they had intramural wrestling so you had to do wrestling in class and then they'd have these bouts set up which i did because i was doing what i was supposed to do in a class but i never really liked wrestling no but as it turned out i was probably pretty good at wrestling because i had older brothers who would wrestle me all the time and i had to hold my own so A bunch of little 11-year-olds was nothing to me. And the coach was like, you got to come out for the wrestling team. (laughs) It's like, uh, no, no, no. Not going to happen. Not going to do it. I wanted to play football. So I remember um, going out to football practice. And, of course, Emerson Green is running the football practice. And um, I never had any run-ins with him per se. But the tryouts for football went like this. They lined everybody up on one particular yard line and ran down to, and there must have been 35 boys out there. And then you ran down to another designated yard line, which probably was about 50 yards away. And the top, I think the top three they took to come onto the team. Hmm. So 32 kids didn't even, didn't even make the team unless you were the top three fastest runner. Now I could catch, I could run patterns, I could do a lot of stuff, but they didn't want to see any of that. All they wanted to see was who was the fastest, was fastest because they had already picked all of their team players. This is seventh grade. They wanted to pick, they had already picked everybody. So somebody, all these people were in the know ahead of time. I obviously wasn't one of them. And I was like fourth or fifth on the, on the race. So basically I was sitting packing. That yeah. could have been a football career for me. They knew ahead of time. Well So you wasted that fifty yard run and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was a waste. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> but that was that was my sports in uh and yeah. I didn't go out for high school because my folks didn't let us play tackle football or didn't want us to play tackle football, certainly ah. not organized tackle football. So Yeah. I wanted to do I thought I would do gymnastics. I thought that would be cool, but they didn't have a gymnastics team at the time, so Ultimately, just did the pole vault in high school and left it at that. Well, didn't want to be a swimmer. My brothers were swimmers. I didn't want to do the swimming thing because that's. So did Tim uh, swim also? Yeah, did he? He swam for a couple of years. Then okay. Ron, of course, really got into yeah, it. I remember it was, Ron? And he was he good. Yeah, he was. And so, for me to do that, I would have been, you know, I would have been the kid brother who wasn't as good as the older brother. So I now wasn't some
1: do that. some kids um, when they get into school and they have older siblings they're automatically kind of one of the cool guys. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering to that, was that the case
0: with you? Yeah, yeah, to some level. Yeah, because uh, Ron, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but Tim was was considered one of the cool guys, yeah, a real social guy. Older, so, kind of man about
1: town. Yeah, yeah. so
0: he, he laid the groundwork pretty easily yeah. for that. So that was that was good, but I made most of my own friends that, were, that weren't exactly all that cool, you know. Obviously, you were one of them. So, present company excluded, <laughs> I'm sure. So,
1: so no, if I'm remembering correctly, Tim had a couple of parties that made him pretty, oh, yeah. pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The,
0: he had, he had, we had a converted barn that my dad helped him convert the top part of the barn. So, they, it was all floored from up there. And then they, they brought in sheetrock or something and did all the walls and put in lighting. And, it, now Dude. a
1: barn like a farm barn, farm barn, big, how, big, huge barn. Huge it barn. must have been big. You're talking it uh, like had a second floor. Yeah,
0: it had two stories. The wow. bottom, you know, in the in the old days they would keep all the hay up top, and then they would toss it down as they needed bales, so that's where it usually stayed. But in the bottom, I would say the bottom probably had twelve foot ceilings. Wow. So it was huge inside, and that was corrals and things like that. But the upstairs was. Uh, accessed by a ramp going from essentially our garden. So people could walk up this ramp and the ramp was in my memory was pretty wide, like eight or 10 feet wide and big doors and you could walk in and, you know, it was originally set up to just a place for the kids to hang out. You know, we had a ping pong table up there and a pool table and that sort of thing. But I think once it was designed, Tim realized that this would be a great place to have a party, a house party. And, so, and we're
1: not talking pin the tail on the donkey and bobbing for apples.
0: No, we're talking about uh, we're talking about drinking excessively, high school kids, Led Zeppelin, yeah, uh, indigo black De Vita. lights, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 black lights. And, you, black and lights. you
1: and I, as memory recalls, is we were never invited, nor were we allowed.
0: <laughs> yeah, now we do, we did go up in the barn when there wasn't a party because we could hang out up there under those circumstances, but. But party time was was Friday night. Uh, apparently, our location was pretty popular, and that people would drive by and just see that there was a party. And it was nothing to have the whole upstairs filled with people flowing out into the garden, wow. and beer. Can, every the next day, beer cans everywhere. You know, the occasional student in the bushes. I mean, it was it was a, a big. <laughs> <laughs> Big knockdown, dragout type of a type of an affair. I remember one time seeing my brother Ron, who didn't really drink. He decided to go to one of the parties, <laughs> and I think his idea was was to just drink as much as he could, and so he did. And then I remember seeing him in the bushes heaving, and it's like, you know, he didn't come into the house. He was just outside. Probably better he didn't. Yeah. yeah. So it was. That was, uh, as far as I know, that was his first foray into, into partying, per se. Probably first and last. Probably first and I don't last, think, yeah. I don't think he's much for parties.
1: Didn't really come out to that. Now, when you were talking about that, I was thinking that, you know, probably the cops probably had to come a couple times. Oh, and, yeah. You know, cars up and down the street. But then I, that got me thinking about back again, back to junior high. Did you have some aspirations about being a police officer at one point? <laughs> it seems no. to me in your wallet. there. I don't know. Maybe you can.
0: Yeah, maybe I can me. elaborate. Well, for some reason, I thought, well, let's go back a step or two. All right. There was a guy um, that turned out to be mentally challenged. I didn't know that at the time, but I was a bit of an entrepreneur, if you would say. So. Weed was a real popular thing to buy and smoke in those days. It was expensive. And there was this one fellow that I thought, well, he's not going to know the difference. So I took some pencil shavings and rolled them, got a pack of zigzags, which were these little papers you would roll. Maybe they still are little papers that you'd roll the weed into. And I made some joints out of pencil shavings, shavings. that real cedary smell. I knew it had a, a different smell and I sold them to the guy and he would get absolutely ripped high on these things. Cause you could swear that he oh, was yeah. seeing dragons. Or- <laughs> exactly. So, so you were, you were already down probably a couple of bucks for a pencil and a, and some papers. Yeah. <laughs> but my typical way, I made a good profit margin okay. on, on it. So, so for whatever reason I did that. And then I started, um, I never got in any trouble, never got caught. And I wasn't accused of drug selling or any of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, in retrospect, I really dodged a pretty good bullet there. But somewhere along the line, it, it flipped in me. And I thought, these guys who are out um, smoking weed and doing other nefarious things, I could probably stop it if I only had the authority. Mm. So <clears throat> I ultimately bought a badge. A, 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 I think it was a gold badge, kind of roundish looking thing that I clipped inside of my my bifold wallet so on one side was my little student id and on the other side was this badge badge badge. so my thought was is that i never really ran into the situation but i thought when i would find people doing something nefarious i could flip open my badge and say hey you know i gotta knock that off or you know i'm here to here to haul you in uphold the law So so i carried it in there for a while and then for whatever reason I was sitting in one of my classes next to this girl, Sharon, who, uh, uh, Sharon, Sharon, yeah. Sharon she th- had the th- twins. This, yeah. Sharon, Sharon was one of the first girls in high school who you would look at and you would say, okay, I don't even, can't even tell what her face looks like. She's a woman. Yeah. She's a woman in, in a junior high body. Right. I, for, I think she had a woman's body. If I remember <laughs> correctly, right. she was in junior
1: high. But, That's right. But yeah, she didn't have a junior high body. Yeah,
0: no, no. And so, uh, and for whatever reason, we were chatting in a classroom one time, and I I knew who she was, obviously, but I didn't know didn't know her. And and she, I don't know what the deal was. She said something like she wanted to look at my wallet for whatever reason. And then, okay, well, whatever. So I had to turn away, and as I turned away, I pulled out the badge. T- you know, palmed it in my pocket so she wouldn't see it. So you knew
1: enough to know that probably wasn't the coolest thing. That
0: couldn't have been cool. So, yeah, and maybe it struck me right then. This is a dumb idea, right? Yeah. So then I handed over the wallet, and, of course, it left this round indent in the leather. She looks at it, and she goes, Oh, what's this here? What's this dent here? Is that for a condom? No, <laughs> I'm like 12 years old, and I'm thinking, God, no anything's thing. better Whoa. than badge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, if you know. she said it's you know it's a piece of human manure. It'd be better <laughs> than the badge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the badge. So I ended up with the uh, the indent of the of the condom from then on forward. Oh, you and, were just the man. And, a, and, it, and of course, that condom wasn't there anymore, which implies that usage. It's been used. Yeah. So yeah. I gotta wow. get another one to fill up that dent yeah. that's in there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So
1: And even after all that, you still weren't invited to your brother's party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you would think you would think that would do it, right? Yeah. But um wow. so now going back to junior high, there was um I remember there was that was my first foray into shop class mm-hmm. and and they had uh they had the classes and you would go in as part of an elective and go in and do Make wood gouges out of out of your wood that they'd supply yeah, or a little cutting whatever. board, yeah, cutting board or something like that. Yeah, right. But you were in that class early on.
1: Yes, I was.
0: And how did that work out for you?
1: Well, you know, I, like I said, I came in half year, and so um, the teacher didn't know what to do with me. So he said, you know, I'll tell you what, you work in the tool room, handing out tools, and I'll give you a B. Hmm. Good deal. Everybody, everybody else has already knows how to stain and use the you know cutting tools and, and
0: how did the tool room actually work
1: well you know it had like a, from what i remember it had like a little half dutch door mm-hmm. thing and so somebody would come up and and one of the students would come up and say i need uh i need a rasp mm-hmm. and uh i'd say okay you know and i go get it and get sign it, them out for sign it sign out gotcha okay you know uh you know junior Cuevas, has the rasp right you know so, um, yeah, so I was in there doing that and, uh, you know, I was raised to be polite and I was raised to have manners mm-hmm. and I, I guess I had come to this new school and expected you know, pretty much the same other than the fact that, you know, you might get killed at a dance, but <clears throat> so two guys come up and there were a couple of, couple of pretty tough looking dudes and, uh, didn't really click yet that, you know, that maybe this isn't the time to hold somebody else accountable for your value of, you know, <laughs> politeness. So they said, give me a fucking saw. Yeah. So I said, uh, say please. That's not the
0: way we ask here at yeah, the tool Yes. Yeah.
1: If you want a tool from this, <laughs> this tool man, you'll have to say please. And so the guy reaches over me. Grabs a tool, grabs a, grabs a saw off of the wall, holds it up, and just gives me a look like, I'd, I'd like to use this thing on your head. <laughs> so I picked up my little clipboard and wrote down, you know, Junior Cuevas, Junior now has one saw and probably a little <laughs> asterisk next to it as, you know, very un, unprofessional, <laughs> very, not very kind, I don't know. And then, uh, so you know, after after the class, I was bebopping down the hall, and uh, next thing I know, I I'm, I'm stuffed into a locker by these two guys. <laughs>
0: they, were,
1: they were laying in wait. I wish you were there with your badge at the time. Yeah, I could have solved everything. Yeah, they were. Uh, it was quite a heinous crime, but uh, um, yeah, they they let me know what what they thought of my manners and my asking to say please at the. Tool shed.
0: they just stuffed you. Now, was there any other repercussions from that that, I mean, like. Not repercussions. There was concussions. (laughs) My my head (laughs) bounced off. But you never ratted them out. No. Gosh, no. And and then you didn't have a, uh, um, you didn't, you know, know you pretty well. So, I mean, was there any point where you felt like you needed to, uh, you know, going forward, maybe protect yourself somehow against this kind of thing?
1: Um, well, you know, I did have a, um, a big knife at home Mm. and it was in a sheath. So, um, I, I found a way to put a, a small, uh, leather strap through the sheath and tie it to my, um, to my calf Mm -hmm. underneath my pants. Mm. So what I thought was my, my thinking was if I ever was in another situation where this, this big, uh, uh, David, the uh, man child was after me or one of the other two, I was, I was making a whole list by then. Um, I'd be able to, I'd be able to take, take this knife out and defend myself. Sure. And, uh, uh, unfortunately my mom, um, had a nose for things like this and, um, she noticed that my cuff wasn't hanging just right on my pants. And, uh, as I was trying to get out the door to catch the bus to school, she grabbed me and said, what's wrong with your pants? I said, Oh, there's nothing wrong with my pants. And then she, uh, kind of pat, patted me down. Like, you know, (laughs) like a cop would do and, uh, ended up coming up with the, uh, the weapon. Oh, know and, and she was you know just disgusted you know you've got you' you've got a weapon a concealed weapon you're trying to take to school
0: and you did explain to her that it was to save your life I tried to yes but uh, yeah
1: I don't think she saw it the same way um, I think in her mind you know me being um, killed at school was probably a better option than me getting caught with a knife. <laughs> i didn't see it that way <laughs> of course not of course not but uh, yeah so you know and it's um I, you know i never did rat off any of the guys that did any of this never mm-hmm. went to a teacher and um this was pre uh anti-bullying days oh yeah yeah there was nobody there to help me <laughs> cope with the the abuse that you may or may not have been getting the, the, the bullying yeah it uh there was no one eight hundred number to call, and there was no uh, poster on the board inside the locker room to, you know, here's what you do if you're getting bullied. Right. Um, in fact, I would have I would have sworn at that time that they probably had a bullying club at that school. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that was uh, definitely predated the bullying. Yeah. But yeah, you survived and yeah. I'm, I survived without,
0: uh, yeah. Any Uh, intervention or what's that? Any intervention from like the vice principal or such?
1: Um, not that I remember. If you, if you remember one of those stories, I can't, I, I, I think it took a while to kind of come to terms with the kind of the pecking order and the hierarchy and, the, how to, how to keep your head down and mm-hmm. stay out of people's way until finally,
0: you know, you start to, you know, mature a little bit. And... So before you got there in seventh grade, as I was just, no, it could have been eighth grade. You might've been there. I had a situation where, you know, in eighth and seventh and eighth grade, which is all the school was, when you're an eighth grader, you're special. You're on the top of the heap looking down. So... There was a point where I probably, I probably abused that to some level to some younger kids, and it, it, you could call it bullying, I guess. So I was giving this kid a hard time, and um, you know, and I thought I was I was getting a lot of laughs in the gym at the time by giving this kid a hard time. So I was pretty proud of myself. What was the kid's name? We'll call him Billy. Billy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and Billy was was a kind of a soft kid, if you will. I mean, okay. he was, uh, you know, was shooting fish in a barrel, but I was... The
1: low-hanging fruit. Low,
0: definitely the, the, low-hanging fruit. The
1: abused all of a sudden turns into the abuser. I know the yeah, and I, scenario. I, you know,
0: I never I never heard him or any of that kind of stuff, but I did give him a, a real hard time and all for laughs. I was getting good sure. laughs at the time, so I was giving him a hard time and I didn't think anything of it. I left gym class and went on about my way and then at, uh, at one point, somebody came into my home ec room and said, uh, Terry Vanderheiden. Yeah. Oh, that's me. I need you to come to the principal's office. Oh, actually it was the vice principal's office because the principal never had any interactions with the kids, but the vice right. principal was the, the executioner, if you will. Disciplinarian. Yes. Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. I remember him. So the slow walk was down there and, what uh, shame. And I remember Emerson green was, was helping escort me there, which uh, was not good. So we get there, and it turned out that uh, uh, there's there's Billy sitting in the with tears in his eyes, sitting in the office. Now he obviously got the idea of being bullied and how you should eradicate out when they get bullied. So yeah. no, he, he figured it out. They uh, they said, "Hey, were you saying these things to this kid?" And you know, I, I admitted to it because I. I was doing it for fun. I didn't, you know, not to mention you had a hundred witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to, I was, I was done as far as that goes. So my options were to get the paddle, which, uh, uh, the vice principal.
1: Oh, so this was also prior
0: to discipline
1: (laughs) with a paddle days.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And they actually, the, the shop teacher where you were delivering tools, uh, cleverly built this paddle that was about as long as a baseball bat and then had a big flat area that had holes in it and the holes were in it so that the paddle could smooth through the air quicker quicker. aerodynamically and whack a kid right right so everybody had everybody in school knew about this paddle, and i of course heard the stories but never really visited it close up so i had really no options my option was to get the paddle or get expelled, I think was my option.
1: Or you will call your parents and then you'll get something worse
0: when you get home. No, they they took care of that as well because they called my parents. My mom answers the phone and they said, it turns out Terry has been accused of doing something bad and we've decided to give him a paddle and want to just make sure we have your permission. Now this is about 1970 and there wasn't it wasn't that I didn't think that my folks def- needed to defend me because I was wrong, but, uh, there was no, it, there was no defense. In you're those right. days, in those days, if you were accused by a teacher of doing anything,
1: they were right and you were wrong. Period. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And your mom was probably in the middle of changing one of your sister diapers and just said, yeah, whatever you need to do. Guilty. Go ahead. Guilty. As, yeah. yeah that part. was it. That, yeah. They
0: got permission. Lickety split. There was even a question I, about it. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the procedure? And I, I really didn't wanna I thought pulling down my pants would have just been just so humiliating. So luckily they didn't make you pull your pants oh, they down. they didn't. No, but that was the story going around. And, well, and I I kept my pants up. Bare ass, don't. And I had to hold on to the chair. So I, I grabbed I grabbed one hand on each side of the of the base of the chair. And this dude who was like size two, principal. yeah. He reared up and whacked me so hard. That my head went over the chair, and once I got resettled, they did it again. So I got whacked three times with the paddle, and you know that I had little, little purple well, dents in well, my yeah, ass. Well, those, yeah,
1: those little holes that
0: would just suck up the oh. meat
1: of your butt right into <laughs> it, <laughs> right
0: into it. And honestly, it was so, so it hurt so bad in the sense of of uh, it was numb. I mean, I couldn't feel my ass at all. And so as quickly as it started, as quickly as I was accused and as quickly as I was ex- executed, just went back to class. And so.
1: Can you imagine, though, if if they had said, wait, wait a minute, what is this in your pocket? And they'd open your wallet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been crushed badge. Big crushed uh, badge. Crushed bad. <laughs> Give him another paddle. He, I think he had a condom in here. <laughs> Contraband <laughs> condom. Get him get him a couple more swats with that thing.
0: <laughs> so so oh, I ended up going back, went back to class, and that was a turning point for me because when I went back to class and I wasn't crying or anything, I was in pain. I could yeah. hardly walk. Didn't know you were sitting down because your butt was numb people that were in that class all the guys at least they just thought oh he is badass because he went and got the battle and looked at it like out. a man took it like yeah. a man wow so that elevated me socially quite a yeah. bit so wow. but, you know that was a plus side to it it was and then when i got home i of course did get in trouble when i got home because if i'm going to do something in school to get in trouble i did try to argue that I'd been punished. Yeah. You can't double punish jeopardy, double jeopardy, all those things. Sure. Didn't fly. I yeah. think I got, we were past the physical, um, the physical reprimands in those days. So it was on the probably restriction of some sort. Yeah. So it wasn't enough just to say, you know, you really disappointed us. I'm sure that was thrown in as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was a good, uh, a good social elevation. So when you, you know, for kids out there, if they want to make themselves look a little bit better, go, go do something stupid, get the paddle. And then come back with your head up high. Head up high and say, oh. you know, the, the man isn't going to push me down. Good old days,
1: though, huh? Good old days in junior high, middle yeah. school.
0: So. Oh. But then we moved on to high school. Yeah. Yeah. High school was uh, uh, a different time. Freshman, you know, I hung out with, I still hung out with the guys that I hung out with in junior high into freshmen. And now all of a sudden I have, you know, it's such a bigger, bigger pool of kids that now I'm hanging out with these, we'll just call them losers from junior high. But yet I now had kids from my, my elementary school that were in the class and other kids that I'd known. You meet people like on the track team and different things, so you start expanding your friendship range, and that's ultimately what I did, and I think I did a little bit better. I upgraded some of my friends.
1: That's where you decided, maybe I'll give this guy, Philip, Phil, <laughs> formerly Philip, another shot.
0: He's been on me for years. I, I guess I got to gotta give him an opportunity. And we had a, a mutual friend, somewhat, of um, uh, Mike Sandsmark. Mike Yep. And I wasn't considered, I wasn't really a friend of his as much as I knew who he was. He was very popular. He would always, you know, be, you know, bouncing around, if you will, from person to person. He, he was
1: a bouncer and a flouncer. Yep, yeah, yeah. Definitely.
0: So definitely he, he was, uh, and then when you were friends with him, and then how did you guys know each other? Because he wasn't in.
1: Uh, he came out for the cross country team ah. and we uh, we ended up getting to be friends pretty quickly.